If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. And now, part four of our four-part conversation with author, publisher, historian, artist, and educational consultant, director of the ASA Restoration Project, and founder and director of IKG Cultural Resource Center, cultural memory specialist, Mr. Anthony T. Browder. I am Maggie B. Nowen, and this is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast with your host, Ramses Ja. It's the foundation for Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And this story of these faiths were derived from an African myth, which has had the African essence stripped away from it and has been reinterpreted first by people who classified themselves as Hebrews and then later reinterpreted again by people who classify themselves as Christians and then later still reinterpreted by people who classify themselves as Muslims. Mm -hmm. So what, what I know based on my study of history is that through an accurate interpretation of historical events, you can find the African seed, the African DNA in many aspects of lives or traditions, cultural traditions that have been uh, uh, attributed to other people. And that's one of the reasons why this information is suppressed. Because if you find out that the story of Jesus Christ is a reinterpretation the story of an African family, then that will cause you to look at religion differently and ask yourself, what else has been co-opted from African stories that we've never been taught? Yeah. And if Europeans were responsible for teaching you the story of Christianity, you have to ask yourself, what other information, African information, have they not told you that if you were aware of and applied in your life, could radically alter your trajectory through life here in the United States of America. So people are controlled, as I said, people are controlled not so much by what they know, but, but, but why they don't know. 
which is why, you know, for me, um, acquisition of this information and dissemination of this information is so critical to me because I understand its ability to dramatically alter the thinking of millions of people throughout the world and ultimately change the trajectory of the world. That's what's at stake. Sure, sure. And I, I think that that's, that's kind of uh, what I was trying to um, suggest when we first started talking. You know, my father uh, would share a lot of the histories of the stories that were found in the Bible, the, the sources. I remember just off the top of my head, one where he, um, the, the story of like Noah's Ark, uh, the roots of that story were, um, they, they come from ancient uh, Sumeria, something like that. And then they made their way into the Bible. And because of the fact that folks don't know that um, and they take, you know, the Bible literally, which is what we're taught to do. We take this. This literally happened. These are the actual words. And these are this is actually what happened. And any conflict that we, you know, come about on our own, just based on our own reasoning or any conflict that we see from this chapter to the next chapter of this book to the next book in the Bible itself. Um, we're not supposed to question God, you know, the, you know, these things, we, the responsibility never squid sits squarely in our lap for our lives and the trajectory of our lives. The responsibility always lies elsewhere in the universe. It could be with other people, the devil, God, whoever, who knows. And so, um, the, uh, you tying the story of Jesus himself or the, the roots, um, of that, that virgin birth, that immaculate conception story to um, this African myth uh, in that um, uh, conversation that I saw many years ago, that was pivotal for me because I'm like, that's it. There's the, that's the missing key because the Sumerian story, you know, that's obviously that's old Testament, you know, you know, people get tricky about that sort of stuff and everyone has a way to make, to make it work for them. But once you get Mm -hmm. to that, that one pivotal moment, the, the immaculate conception upon which everything else is based the entire religion, in fact, um, and you can draw very clear connections to this African story. Not only does it put African people at the center of this religion, which is necessary, but it also kind of allows us to now put the responsibility of this faith that we have for so long taken to be absolutely true um, and start to, again, pull back some of the responsibility for where we stand politically, what what actions we take and don't take, and, and you know, how we reason and make sense of the world in which we live. So again, I appreciate you um, sharing that story. And I, and I recognize there's, there's more ways for people to get involved and get this knowledge firsthand. I, I know for a time, and I'm not sure if it's still true, that you would invite folks on these um, trips or pilgrimages to, um, to uh, Kemet, um, and perhaps there are still many ways at IKG to get involved with the proactive rediscovery of ancient African history and culture, uh, and perhaps even to assist in the organization's efforts to help other folks do the same. So let's talk about that. How can folks get involved if they want to themselves experience? All okay. That well, before I do that, let, let me comment on what you just said. Please, please. Yes. And then share uh, a couple of facts that I think will be illuminating for for those of your listeners who are willing to receive this information. Uh, One fact is that the letter J wasn't introduced until the 16th century. The letter J was not introduced into the English language until the 16th century, which means that Jesus' name wasn't Jesus. 
Mm. So all of these years, folk have been calling on Jesus. It's like dialing the wrong number and expecting to, to get the party that you're trying to call. Yeah. It doesn't work, but but your former enslaver never told you that. Yeah. Um, the other uh, important issue is this idea of the Immaculate Conception. Now, Catholics would tell you that people's use of the term Immaculate Conception is erroneous uh, because the Immaculate Conception refers to Mary being born of a virgin, hmm. not uh, Mary the virgin giving birth to Jesus. So there's so much about religion uh, that we've never been taught. And as a consequence, we don't have a, a, a real understanding of, of, of this system and how it really works. Another point I want to make is that you find in the Abrahamic faith, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, the story of a fall from grace. Hmm. Now, if you were to ever do uh, read books on comparative religion, you'll find that that is not the dominant point of view of other religions throughout the world. That is a minority view. In other religions, there never was a fall from grace. There never was a separation from the creator, from God, if you will. Okay. So if you look at African spiritual traditions from that perspective, Human beings were born as instruments of the creator. And let's just use the word God. It's, it's, it's inappropriate to describe this process, but I'll just use it because it's a word that everybody's familiar with, that we were never separated from God. We are the vessels, human beings are the vessels through which the energy of God, the presence of God works through. And once you understand that and are socialized to know that you have a direct connection to the creator, then it's the role of society to train you how to use that connection for the benefit of your society, right? Mm -hmm. So you learn how to think, you learn how to, to reason so that you, as an instrument of the creator, can create heaven on earth. How about that? And that's what you see when you travel to Egypt today to study the history of ancient Kemet. You travel there to see monuments, temples and structures that were built three, four, five thousand years ago by human beings who knew that they were instruments through which the creator can express itself so that they could create heaven on earth. Mm. That's the essence uh, of Kemet. Uh, that's, that's, that's the most simple explanation that I can give you for what Kemet really is. It's the longest documented example of what human beings who just happened to be Africans in Africa were able to do when they lived their lives expressing their connection to divinity. They were never separated from God. So they had the capacity to create heaven on earth. And that when they died, then their spirit would ascend into heaven and connect with Asar, who was the Lord of Resurrection, who would evaluate how you lived your life on earth. And that evaluation would prepare you for your next return to earth. Now, understand the process that, man. And it's in all the texts. Mm -hmm. It's in all the texts. So in ancient Kemet, they had this concept of the Rehemi Mesu. Rehemi Mesu means the repetition of the birth 
or what we call in Western vernacular reincarnation. Mm -hmm. So in other words, they knew that we come back and that we have always come back. And the quality of life you will live in a future life is determined by the quality of life that you lived in your previous life. That's why kings named their sons not after themselves, but after their grandfathers, because it was the belief that the spirit of their grandfather, the spirit of their ancestor, was going to express itself in the body of that child. Right. So, so that's African spirituality. Right? Spirit never dies. The body is temporary, but spirit never dies. And so what you have with religion is this separation of human beings from their creator. You were born in sin. Wow. You fell from grace. So you now have to uh, submit yourself to, to these rules and these laws so that if you live a righteous, if you live a righteous life on earth, you will get your reward in heaven. And mm -hmm. if you don't do this, uh, you will live eternity in hell. For me, I interpret that because of what I know, that's spiritual abuse. And manipulation, sure. It's manipulation. And and and, and so so that is my interpretation of, of, of the world in which we live now. But you can find, as many have found, by returning to the source, you'll find that much of this information is still available and still accessible. But you have to pretty much make your own way because this knowledge has not been institutionalized in the society in which we live. And you'll be considered, you know, oh, here he comes talking that African stuff again, mm -hmm. talking that African voodoo again, that African spirituality, because folk don't know and don't know that they don't know. It's yeah. the blind leading the blind. Yeah. So uh, the importance of the work that, that we do at IKG is about presenting alternative truths. And I don't believe in proselytizing. Everybody has the right to believe what they want to believe. If you want to believe in, in the Jewish story or uh, the Islamic story or the Christian story, that is your right. And I'm not trying to deprive you of your right to believe what you want to believe. Right. Uh, what I know is that belief is something you accept without proof. And what I'm making uh, accessible to people is documented proof of who we were and what we did when we were in control of our own lives. And that information is accessible to anyone who's willing to invest the time and read and study and apply this knowledge, apply these principles in their lives. And if you are aware enough to and comfortable enough to internalize this information and to apply this information in your life and see that it adds value to your life and the life of the people in your household, your, your, your mate, your children, your other relatives, then that gives you the tools to be able to live your life as a creator. You're not God, but you have the essence of the creator within you. You have the capacity to create things, marvelous things that can improve your quality of life. And you don't have to beg anybody for anything. You don't have to pray for this. You don't have to pray for that. You have the capacity 
to bring into existence those things that will benefit you and your family. And, and that's the truth as I have come to know it. That's wonderful. We are here today with author, publisher, historian, artist, and educational consultant, director of the ASA Restoration Project, and founder and director of IKG Cultural Resource Center, cultural memory specialist, Mr. Anthony T. Browder, discussing the original architects of civilization, African history and culture, learning more about his educational organization, as well as his extraordinary body of research collected over three decades and with 65 plus trips to Egypt and other international destinations. You know, there's um, there's something really interesting about this. And, and I, I don't I don't want to like you, I don't want to upset anyone. But a question that I've always had that I believe, you know, I kind of uncovered some some deeper truths within my own journey in that regard. Um, the question was always if if God, the, the Christian God that I grew up knowing was all powerful and all perfect, which, you know, that's what we accept. Then why would God intentionally create imperfect beings and then demand that those beings be perfect or else face damnation? Um, because that felt cruel. And then uh, on top of that, if God can do anything and God wanted to make an army of people just to cultivate a relationship with him or her and just worship, then why would God and all of God's might not just make it that way? Why do we need to eat and go to the bathroom and wash our hair and these sorts of things? You know, if, if God wanted it a certain way, why? Do we, and then, you know, whenever I would ask folks, you know, outside of, you know, my, my home life, uh, those questions, oftentimes I would run into these roadblocks. And again, those roadblocks were often, you know, who are we to question God? And, you know, to have reason and then to have logic and then not be able to use it, to have truth, ancient truths, like um, the, the truths that you uncover and have uncovered throughout your career, and then turn a blind, blind eye to them. Um, it feels very, um, uh, it's, it's saddening in a lot of ways uh, that I was not educated and still have a long way to go. Uh, I'd never profess to know <laughs> enough uh, in this lifetime, but um, I, I just, I think I'm saying that to say that I appreciate the work that you've done. There are people who um, are on our own journey, folks that may never ever get to have these type of conversations with you that you've absolutely inspired. Um, and those people are grateful for the work that you've done because you certainly have given us an aperture into these sort of uh, areas where information is sort of siloed that allows us to connect and funnily enough, remember um, who we are and who we were always intended to be. Um, and so uh, before we let you, I know I've taken up way too much of your time, any last thoughts? And then naturally I'd love for you to plug again, your books, your social media website, all that sort of stuff. Sure. Uh, one of the things that I like to, to reference, um, share with audiences is a quote from James Madison. Mm -hmm. James Madison um, was a fourth president of the United States. He's a man who is considered the author of the U.S. Constitution. James Madison was an enslaver. And there is a building on Capitol Hill 
that is part of the Library of Congress complex that is named in honor of James Madison. Mm -hmm. And as you walk into this, uh, before you walk into the building, at the entrance to the building, there is a quote from Madison to the left of the entranceway. And I want to share that quote with your listeners. Please. And it says, knowledge will forever govern ignorance. And a people who mean to be their own governors must arm themselves with the power which knowledge gives. Mm. This, this is James Madison, right? Knowledge will forever govern ignorance. And the people who mean to be their own governors must arm themselves with the power which knowledge gives. So knowledge is power. James Madison, the, the, the writer of the U.S. Constitution, knew the power of knowledge. Madison also wrote in the Constitution, Article 1, Section 3 of the Constitution, he referred to enslaved Africans as three-fifths of a human being, that we were not human beings. It was illegal during the time that the Constitution was written. It was illegal for enslaved Africans to read or write. In other words, they did everything within their power to limit our access to knowledge. Why? Because knowledge will forever govern ignorance. We were intentionally um, kept away from this information so that we would remain ignorant and remain under their control. So the purpose of, of IKG is to remove the blinders, to obscure, remove all traces of ignorance so that we can become literate people, conscious people, and as a consequence of being literate and conscious, we then could use the knowledge that we've gained to become the masters of our destiny. And that is the greatest expression of freedom. If you don't have the freedom, if you don't have the right to know who you are and to use that knowledge to make life better for your children, for your community, then you are not free. Mm. And uh, freedom is something that can never be given to you, can never be legislated. So we have an opportunity to study, to read, and to change the trajectory of our lives. And I can share, you, share with you, I can share with your listeners that 99% of our folk are not going to do it because they don't believe it or they lack the capacity to read and study for themselves. So in every instance, and I close on this, in every instance, it's always been a handful of people who carried the light, kept the flame of knowledge uh, lit so that it could be preserved and passed down to future generations. And it's always a handful of people who initiate actions which changed the trajectory of human history. Mm. That has always been the case. And it's not gonna be any different in the 21st century. So we're gonna be approaching a time of dramatic shift within our society, a shift within our consciousness. And it's that shift that will determine how quickly we can move into a future that will allow us to save society and ultimately save the planet. Um, 
you know, there is no question beyond a shadow of a doubt that climate change is real. Right. Politicians, business people who created this climate crisis have known this for over 25, 30 years. They've known this and they've denied this. Why? Because they were interested in making money. But now we've reached a point where it can no longer be denied. And the future of all life on this planet is at stake. So people will have opportunities now to free themselves from those psychological, emotional, and spiritual chains that have bound them for countless generations and create a work with other people, other like-minded people to create a new world for, for us to live in in order to sustain the human race and be able to preserve knowledge for the benefit of those who have not been born. And that's probably one of the greatest expressions of freedom that any person living in the United States could participate in. And if you do that, uh, that will make your life truly worth living uh, and allow you to be to become an ancestor whom future generations, a hundred years from now, a thousand years from now, will celebrate you, will remember your name because of the changes that you've made in their lives. And that's what this whole process is all about. So IKG, uh, our website, ikg-info.com, is a place where you can go to see uh, our books that are available, to purchase downloads of, of lectures that deal with uh, discussions similar, that, similar to the ones that we've had um, in this past 90 minutes. Uh, you can also find information about our regular study tours to Egypt so that you can, if you have the resources, come and participate in a uh, life-transforming experience and become the person that I would like to think you were born here on earth to become and not just be someone who follows uh, the rules of miseducation designed to limit your capacity to grow as a human being. Uh, Mr. Browder, you are absolutely a hero of mine and I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. So, you know, I appreciate you sharing your insight and of course, I appreciate your commitment to the successful, informed and inspired future of the black community. Uh, once again, ladies and gentlemen, our guest is author, publisher, historian, artist and educational consultant, director of the ASA Restoration Project and founder and director of IKG Cultural Resource Center, the cultural memory specialist, Mr. Anthony T. Browder. Thank you, brother. It's been my pleasure. I'm Maggie B. Nowen, and today I'll leave you with this. The author of six publications, including the bestsellers, From the Browder File and Nile Valley Contributions to Civilization, and the co-author of six publications, including two written with his daughter, Ms. Atlantis Ty. All of Mr. Browder's publications are currently being used in classrooms around the world. An autodidact that describes himself as a chronicler of facts and information relative to the positive portrayal of the worldwide African experience. Anthony Browder's chosen life is the epitome of passion, purpose, and true commitment to the cause. Being able to dedicate his life in the magnitude of ways that he has to topics and activities 
that wake him up to vibrant actions each day, not only to enrich and excite himself and enjoy his own life, but to also have chosen his areas for life study and ongoing experiences that include his family, include his community, that educate and that connect, and that will forever have the unlimited potential to make the world a better place. May we leave today's conversation both with new information and new inspiration, inspired to imagine new possibilities and to bring them to life. Following Anthony Browder's lead in creating a life that adds value, adds light, that authentically fuels us, and in creating a life that we unconditionally love. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. If you have any thoughts you'd like to share, use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. Find your daily podcast host at Ramses Jaw on all social media. We look forward to your joining us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective right here on the Black Information Network daily podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.